so good. Come on now. That was so good. Hearing from Stephanie and like that was so, so good. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. Come on. Our praise to you only. It's your breath. Come on, worship the Lord. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your <laughs> There's just uh, something special in the room this morning. Ah, that sounds weird. I'm not trying to be weird. There's just, you know, listen, we've we said this. I, I listened to the, we've been updating our podcast. We apologize for it getting a bit behind, but um, I listened to one of my messages this week and um, I was pretty impressed, um, <clears throat> but it, uh, it's, um, we said that, you know, Ephesians 2 says that we're, uh, that, that God is building us brick by brick to a place where he dwells, and, you know, we tend to kind of go, well, God is omnipresent, he's everywhere, um, and that, it's true, um, but you ever felt like he's more here, like, like, is it possible that, yes, he's everywhere, but there's moments in time where we gather as a people where he goes, oh, I'm here. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever been at a party and you're there, but you ever go to a party and you're there? <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something about, like, the attitude of someone's heart and the, the, pers- the just the way, pe- and sometimes it's actually the places where people are most broken. Yeah. Because God loves you. He does not like hurt. He does not, sometimes we get this view of God that he's, I was singing this song. I walked up to Chris Lee right after um, they sang that Do It Again song. And you better believe we will be singing that again this service. And I said to him, I said, you know, people want me. Uh, I just, I, we're, and this will tie into the message, I promise. But I had this phrase, and this is the way I think. But I, I had this phrase pop into my head, and it said, people want me to contemplate their struggles with them. But I'd much rather confess God's strength to them. Now, I'm not saying we won't contemplate what you're walking through. We won't talk about it. We won't consider it. And we, we will do that. Like, I'm not, Jesus did that. But, but please understand, when we get together at some point, I'm going to flip the script on it and go, okay, so I get what you're going through. And it hurts. But God is still good. And God is still great. I just think that, I, I just find that, you know, there's these words like suffering in the Bible. And, uh, and there's a couple movements that just love to kind of harp on suffering. You should be suffering. And um, I, I just, I find that, that the Bible actually doesn't say you should be suffering. Like it never says like you should, if you're, if you're not suffering, you're a bad person. It, it says that in your suffering, there's joy. Yeah. 
in your suffering, I'm still with you. In other words, it's not your suffering that determines you. I think sometimes we'd rather talk about where we're struggling because it gives us a, more, a sense of um, a control about it. When we begin to confess God's strength in something, we have to kind of let go of some of the things we're holding on to. And um, not to say that's easy. Please understand. I've had moments where I've closed the door, turned the lights off, laid on the ground. Maybe she don't do that, but I do. And um, when it's really serious, I'm on the floor. And, uh, and I'm just mad. Like, God, what the heck are you doing? And if you, if you, don't, if you read the Psalms, you know that. that does, that's okay. God is not scared of your frustration. He's not scared of your anger. He's not scared of your, he, what he is most concerned about is that you don't stay there. That you, at some point, you read the Psalms, you see these guys write the star, the, write, talking about their frustrations and their hurts and their pains and their anger and the, break the teeth of the wicked. And, you know, like just, man, like I'm not allowed to say that, right? Like, and at some point in there, it just, the thing flips. And all of a sudden, by the end of it, they're going, God, you are good. God, you're great. It's amazing what praise does, what worship does, because it takes our eyes off of us and puts our eyes on him. And so the Bible in Hebrews 12, and I'm getting way ahead of myself into this series, but the Bible in Hebrews 12 talks about, um, so since, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us strip off every weight and sin. And there are two different things. Some of you are carrying around some sin that you've still not dealt with and you're still not working, that you're still working through. And some of you are carrying a weight that you've never let go of. There's a weight on your life, pain, hurt, frustration, bitterness, uh, resentment, and you're holding on to a weight that is not yours to carry. And you want to run this race and it's not a sin. Some of you guys are not going every day going, man, I keep doing this, and I keep doing this, and I keep doing this, and I'm not saying you're perfect. But, but you're not going, gosh, I'm just like a... But there is something that's like weighing you down. And the writer of Hebrews says, look at all these amazing people, this cloud of witnesses. They're not watching you. They've seen what the Lord can do. And they're telling you what the Lord can do through their life. And because of that, because of that, you can strip off every weight that holds you down. Every sin, let's get rid of that. Every weight, let's get rid of that. It's your breath in our lungs. Let's sing it again. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath. Come on, let go of every weight in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you all. Sing it again. It's your breath. Come on, whatever's going on. In our lungs, you still got breath. We pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. See, here's the thing. If you're going to limit God's praise when things are not going well, there's a good chance you'll limit his praise when they are. If you're going to base God's worthiness on what you're walking through in that current moment, then you will never fully experience, even in the good times, the power and goodness of God. So right now, there's some of us in this place, probably many of us in this place, there's a weight or a sin. And God is not saying you can't worship me until those are gone. 
He's actually saying, because of the, all the things you can praise me for. Look at Hebrews 11. Look at these people. Because of all the things you can praise me for, strip off the weight. Strip off the sin. Because we're going to run this race together. And fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of your faith. He starts it and he makes it better. All right. I should preach now. Habakkuk. I want you to turn to Habakkuk. How many of you have ever read Habakkuk? A few of you all read one year Bible back in the day, and so you had to read Habakkuk. Maybe, maybe you know, Habakkuk. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to say it, but Habakkuk. There's only three chapters. And if you're, if you, you know, the cool thing about an app, the cool thing about an app on your phone when you're reading the Bible, uh, the, grabbing the uh, book in the Bible, is all the, the books are the same size when you're trying to choose the name. Right? Like Matthew's the same size as Habakkuk. If you're trying to flip to it in one of these bad boys, good luck. Like by the end of the message today, you'll go, I found it! You won't even pay attention. Habakkuk 3. And um, I'm really excited these next couple months. Um, I, I'm going to keep saying this because there's some open seats next to you. If you don't have an open seat next to you, that's actually cool because you invited someone to sit next to you. That's great. But there's some open seats around the place. There's always going to be open seats around the place. We have an open chair policy. There's always going to be a chair somewhere in our building or in our dinner table where there's someone else who can sit down. And, uh, but I, I want you to understand something. Sometimes we can look at an open chair and we can go, well, gosh, who's not sitting there? Here, I want you to look at that chair and go, man, who am I going to go get to sit there? Because I believe God, I just even just what we've already experienced today, I believe God's presence, his purpose needs to be working in your life and someone in your life, and maybe they're not in your life yet. You need to grab them and bring them along. Uh, the other day I was at Open Streets. That was fantastic, by the way. Last week was great. Way to go, John and Kristen and the guys. Uh, Aurora's out there handing out cards. And one guy helped um, carry some waters for us, just randomly helped carry waters for us. And I'd actually met him at a near Southside breakfast. And, and we were talking, we were telling about church. And he goes, oh, I just, I'm looking for a church. I'm like, well, this is obviously God. And you must, have, you must go to our church. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about any other ones. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was really cool, and I actually, I go to, the, I go to a couple different coffee shops locally uh, on a regular basis just trying to make sure I'm meeting people, and, and, uh, and uh, there's a guy that serves me coffee on a regular basis, but he's, he's behind the machine, and he's always, behind, like, always making my coffee, like, always, but he's pretty, like, focused on making coffee, like, he doesn't really <laughs> look up, so I'm like, hey. So, you know, uh, and so I say thank you, and I move on. We really haven't had, he doesn't smile. He's, like, he's focused. And I went to open streets, and went down to the skate park and showed Kaysen. Kaysen was all in on skateboarding, so that's awesome. I'm just, we're going to have to get better insurance. But, um, but I remember I see the guy. I see the guy, and I'm like, let me, I'm just saying this so you know this. Because I think we tend to think people don't want to talk to us. I think it's actually the opposite. I think they're hoping someone will, but they're not going to be the first person. And so I think I, I walked over to him, and I go, hey, man. And he's like, and I go, uh, man, you serve me coffee, like, at least a couple times a week. And we never get to say, and I just wanted to say thank you. I mean, I'd pay you to do it. But I just wanted to say thank you for making my coffee. And, man, I'm telling you, I've never seen the guy smile ever. And it's not because he's, a, he's just focused. He does his job. He does it really well. 
And, uh, and he turned around, and man, biggest smile on his face. He's, la- he's like, smile, we're laughing, introduced ourselves. I'm like, man, I'll see you again soon. And, and I'm just telling you, one of the hallmarks, one of the things that should identify us as people and really as a church is that we are willing to be the first step, that we're willing to put our hand out first, that we're willing to introduce, even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't know the person, we're not actually sure they're going to remember that they even make coffee for us. They may never have noticed us. I'm still going to say hi, because every once in a while, that person needs to know that they're noticed. I think we get so busy worrying about whether or not we've been noticed that we don't notice anybody else. And I think we need to reap what we want, no, what we need to sow, what we want to reap. Some of y'all follow my Twitter. I'm still not on my message, y'all. Okay, some some of us... You, you follow Twitter, Facebook, whatever, uh, Instagram, and, and whatever else I'm not hip enough to do yet. And, uh, and, and I put on there, I said, listen, I was sitting in a coffee shop the other day talking with, uh, I think Mayor was there. Or I can't remember who we were talking to. And I hear this young lady, she goes, man, I'm, I can't sit there and listen to everybody else's issues. I got issues of my own. And, and now, here's the thing. I think most of us think that. We don't say that because it's like, we mm, can't say that. But we think that. And the reality is, I find That the way I deal best with my issues is by helping someone else deal with theirs. Because in dealing with theirs, I come face to face with mine. And when I come face to face with mine, I can actually deal with it. So when I want people to love me, guess what I need to do? I don't need to go asking for love. Because that will put you in some precarious positions. (laughs) Am I right? You want love so bad, you're going and asking for it, asking for it, asking for it. And then you find it, and it ain't actually what you thought it was. You need to sow some love so that you will reap some love. You need to sow some healing so that you'll reap some You need to sow some grace so you'll reap some grace. Some of you, some of you wanting a miracle, and Jesus told a few fellows to move a stone so he could call out Lazarus. You want a miracle, go make one happen. And be a part of someone else's miracle. It's still your miracle, even if it happened to somebody else. We're going to talk about that today. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. We're in a series called Rumors. I don't know about you. I've had that friend uh, that, whose story is always better than my story. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, I am in a family of people whose story is always better than my story. My brother tells better stories than me. My dad tells better stories than me. Then my Flipping brother-in-law got married in, and he tells better stories than me. I can't win, y'all. So I tell stories to Mayor all the time because nobody else is there. And nobody else can beat me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You have that friend that always tells a story. And you could be like, man, I helped this old lady carry her groceries to the car. It was great. And we started talking. And your friend shows up. And they're not trying to do this. They're not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. But they show up and they go, yeah, man, there was this train about to hit this old lady holding her groceries. And I tackled her out of the way. And while tackling her, I caught all of her groceries, put them back in the bag, and walked her home. And it found out it was like my great lost aunt that no one had heard from in years. And I'm so amazed. Isn't that incredible? and you're like no it's not incredible it's stupid and everybody's cheering they're clapping for him they're so excited and you're looking around going do you really believe that's not true that didn't happen I had a kid in seventh grade named Steven he always told stories I'm pretty sure 98% of them were not true everybody like yeah and I'm just sitting there going I don't think that's I don't think that happened I'm just it didn't happen 
don't know if you have. If some, of you, if some of you are sitting here right now going, I don't have that friend. You are that friend. <laughs> right? Like you are the person that always beats out everybody else's story. Stop it. Just let somebody have a moment, all right? Do you ever feel like, be honest here, do you ever feel like this Bible is that kid? Or this Bible is that friend? Telling stories, talking about all this amazing stuff. That's incredible. And you're sitting there going, that can't be true. That's, that sounds more like a rumor than reality. You, everybody, you look at the Bible and you go, I mean, we just dealt with all of April, the resurrection of Jesus. And there had been movement after movement after movement trying to uh, say that that did not happen. And yet, the, the belief in the resurrection of Jesus is as strong as ever. Maybe not in America. We're in a pretty much what would be called a post-Christian era. So quit assuming people want to come to your church and give them a reason. Because I like my church. I think you like your church. So let's invite some people along. But, but it, it, there's this, this idea that, um, that sometimes we read this stuff and we go, man, I don't know about that. And, and here's why we say that. I don't think it's because we look at the Bible. I mean, the whole premise of this is that there's a big God who created everything, and he's doing something on the earth, and he did it on purpose. I mean, I think at some level we have to go, okay, if that's what this is all about, the glory of God, then we have to kind of give some credence to the idea that maybe he can do some things that I can't explain. I mean, if you don't want to believe in God, fine, don't believe in the stories. But if you're going to at least give some credit to this Bible, then you probably need to give at least some credit to the idea that some of these things could possibly have happened because God's bigger than you ever thought he was. Okay. And for so I don't think the issue at times, I don't think the issue is whether or not we believe this maybe could have possibly happened. I think the issue is we haven't seen it happen for us. And so we begin to disparage the stories because it isn't our story. We begin to say that story isn't possible because it hasn't happened in my story. But there's a guy named Habakkuk. There's a guy named Habakkuk who, who is watching his, it's only three chapters long. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I did three. Okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, it's only three chapters long. And uh, <laughs> if you're new, yes, this is me. Just counting fingers while I'm talking to you. Um, Habakkuk is, is sitting there. In the first two chapters of Habakkuk, Habakkuk he's, talking about, uh, he's talking with God. And he's not praying. This is not really a prayer. He's what they would call a prophet, a guy who speaks to God for the people and then speaks to the people. This is for, before the New Testament, before really what would be better phrased as the New Covenant, meaning that we now enter into a new place of relationship with God, that now we're not, we're not mediated by a person, but we're mediated by Jesus. And he now is, it brought us into relationship with God. So it's a new covenant. It's why you read different things in the New Testament where Paul says it was a mystery until now or, or what was for them has not finished yet because there was something better for you. So there's this understanding that what this new covenant came into place, it changed everything. But at this point, Habakkuk is a prophet. He's speaking to the people for God. And so he's having, what Habakkuk is, it's really, really, uh, we don't see any moment where he's actually talking to the people. What we see in Habakkuk is a man talking to God. And he's actually, in the first two chapters, recounting and talking about all the things that are happening to the people of Israel. And it's not a good thing. It's not like happy. It's not, it's not great. It's not like Habakkuk's having a good time recounting what's happening. He's not. And 
And in some ways, he's being told what's going to happen, that Israel's about to move into a season of judgment and, 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 and dominion. They're, they're actually going to be captured by another people, and, and it's, going to be, it's not going to be good, but I promise I'm going to come and show myself in those moments. And, and so Habakkuk is like, he's not happy. Like, I think sometimes we read the heroes of the Bible, and we read the one moment where God did something absolutely unbelievable in their life, and we forget that there were 99 other moments where it wasn't that amazing. You know, like, we just assume that, like, the moment they had was, like, the life that they had, as though these guys never went through anything. And when you do that, you actually diminish the, the power of God in every moment, in every season. And so here's Habakkuk for two chapters talking to God about this is, why are you letting this happen? And why are the evil being successful when we're having this problem? Why is this going on? Why are you, do, and he's frustrated and he's angry. It's not a guy who doesn't believe in God. He, he obviously believes, he's talking to him, right? He's having a conversation with God. He obviously believes that God exists. He obviously believes that God can do things or else he wouldn't be frustrated, he wouldn't be frustrated if he believed God couldn't do anything about it. He's frustrated because he believed God could do something about it. And so he's, he's, he's frustrated and he's, he's discouraged and he's in pain and he's hurting for the people. And, and so he's talking to God and he's for two chapters talking about, and God's talking to him, talking about all the, the, the bad things in a lot of ways. And then Hebrews, or Habakkuk 3 happens. Habakkuk 3 happens. All of a sudden, we see this guy who's talking to God about everything that's not going right. And then we see chapter 3 show up. And I'm going to read it out of the message because uh, I, I, I just I love the phrasing of it. It doesn't change the meaning of it, but I think it'll, it'll capture a, a, a bit better for us. Um, I don't normally read out of the message, but sometimes, man, it, just, it does such a great job of sum, summing up what's being said. So here's a guy who's frustrated, believes in God, but's frustrated. Did you know you can do that? Did you know you can believe in God and still be frustrated? I'm just throwing that out there. And you can believe in God and be frustrated and still praise. <laughs> like, you know, you know, there's stories like Daniel in the lion's den. And there's stories like uh, Peter sitting in a prison cell praising God while he's in shackles. And we're not talking like prison cell with cable. We're talking like prison cell where it's like dark and gross and no windows and like locked up and is not comfortable no no bed no mattress no nothing you're just you're there and 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 here they are worshiping god in the middle of the night you know you can believe in god have a tough circumstance and still worship the lord in fact i would prescribe to you that you if you believe in God and you're in a tough circumstance, you should worship the Lord. That's what I, I just find that when I lift up heaven and when I lift up God in my life, everything else, as the old hymn would say, grows strangely dim. There's something about lifting up the good news of Jesus and the light of Christ that begins to shrink some of the, and it doesn't mean those things don't matter. It means those things don't get to decide for you who you are or how you're going to live or what you're going to do or what you're going to believe. I, man, so here's Habakkuk, frustrated, angry, discouraged, and then here comes Habakkuk 3.1. Are ready? We're going to read out of the message translation. Read out of the message translation. It says this. It says, a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk, now listen what it says here, with orchestra. Now, here's, here's, like, this is legit. There's actually a really strange word that's only used twice in all of the Bible that's used here, and, and people have done their best to translate it, but what they're pretty sure that it speaks to is that he's praying 
but he's also singing, and he's not just singing, he's singing a victorious song. So I'm confused, because he just spent two chapters frustrated with God, and then we get some kind of trailer for a movie where it's da 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 and he's singing a song, and Hebrews, Habakkuk 3 is actually one of these chapters that gives some, one of the, some of the most amazing descriptive uh, uh, terms and phrases for how good and big God is. It's actually one of these chapters that you read and you go, oh my goodness, like God is big. It's just an interesting thing. Here's it. I want you to think about as we're reading just these next, this next verse. We're just going to read two verses today. Uh, that was one of them. With orchestra. What you think about that? Victorious. I don't know about you. Do you guys? I remember I used to. We would go play football. Well, anytime I played athletics, any game I was going to, or uh, if it was just buddies playing, or if it was an actual game, um, I would have. Anybody have your, you know, pregame music? If you follow my Instagram, you know I have a pregame for Sunday mornings too. And um, and 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 I, I don't know about you, but I always had music. I always played music, and I would I would play it really loud. And uh, and I, I don't know. Do anybody have those? You know, you know, jock jams kind of thing. Pump up jam. I don't know why that's supposed to make you a better basketball player, but um, but they had the whole CDs back in the day. Yes, CDs, physical things that you could hold and look at, and they're shiny, and uh, and you could put them in your car, and it would play, and you would just listen to the whole thing, and you just get fired. And so here, I just picture Habakkuk going like, "All right, let's turn this one on." This is my favorite track, and I'm going to sing this prayer. And so for some of you going, man, I don't know, but why, why do we worship so passionately? Because we're singing a victory song. Man, I, I ain't got an orchestra. In fact, if we brought an orchestra in and did worship to it, you'd be like, what is going on right now? We got a band, and they're pretty dang good, and I appreciate them. They're amazing. And they were there Friday night leading the guys in worship. It's such an incredible thing to see so many guys serving, so many ladies serving. It's amazing. I'm so thankful. I heard amazing things about Friday night. And my amazing, beautiful Pastor Meredith wife uh, killed it. And the panels, she couldn't stop talking about the ladies that ta- shared. And the, I mean, I just love, man, we are planting seeds in this church. We're planting seeds in this city. And while it may feel like, wow, we could do so much more, we will. We will. And I believe we're planting seeds, and I believe people experience something Friday night that they've never experienced before, and I believe it's going to change some lives. I believe it. And, um, and, and so here, here's, here's Habakkuk singing this song, singing this prayer. So for some of you that feel bad when you start praying and then start singing, it's okay. Like, you can do that. It's all right. And if you're better, like, if you, Shane probably raps his prayers, you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. These are those moments where I, I feel bad for the people listening to a podcast, not watching it. Because, like, what is going on there? Did you do this? What you... A prayer of the prophet Habakkuk with orchestra, victorious, loud, passionate. And this is what he says. He says, God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you. 
And I'm stopped in my tracks, down on my knees. Now that's where your friend comes in who always wins with the story game. He's always finishing the story. He's always telling better stories. So here's Habakkuk, and he's heard all these stories about other people and about other things and about the Israelites back in their day and back in their time. And man, this is incredible. And God did this with the Red Sea, and God did this with those guys, and he made this happen, and he provided in this way, and it's all incredible, and it's amazing. And here's Habakkuk going, man, that's, that's incredible incredible I'm on my knees like it's so amazing it's so humbled me that I'm blown away by what you've done and I think here's a decision point for you and I here's a moment for you and I to make a decision about what the way our faith is going to look because remember two chapters of Habakkuk being frustrated discouraged knows it's right knows it's the way it's supposed to be knows that this is what God's plan is understands that but doesn't mean he's okay with it he's a little bit just discouraged by what's going on and then he sees it says this thing of man I've seen you do some amazing things I've heard you do some amazing things and he's saying all these things and here's the moment for us as people that we need to learn from because Habakkuk in this moment having read all the discouraged things all the stuff that's about them, all the things that are going to go on, all the pain that they're going to experience, all that stuff. And remembering that God had done it for somebody else, and God had done it for those people, and God had done it for that person. I don't know, maybe you guys watch and you hear stories, and maybe you're sitting next to someone who's, man, God has done this for me today, and God did this for me, and last week he did this, and man, I've gotten 17 jobs, and I only need one, and it's amazing, and man, I've, you know, I got seven people who want to date me, and I've just, I've just you know, and I, man, it's like it's, and you're going, just stop it. And God's done this, all this stuff for me. And you're, going, you're sitting there going, well, God hasn't done this for me. He's not doing it for me. I'm mad. I'm angry. I've heard of all the things you've said. But really, honestly, God, they feel like rumors to me. I want them to feel like reality to me. See, I think the church, while culture, quite frankly, has actually gotten more spiritual, the church at times has gotten more practical. And while I think that's totally okay, this should work in everyday life, 100%. Absolutely. But, but, it should absolutely be something that changes our spirit and who we are so that we believe things we never would have believed. So we think about things we never would have thought about. That we have faith for things we never would have had faith about. And here's Habakkuk, and he's going, well, I could practically do this, and we could maybe prepare like this. And we could." And he could have made a decision here where I'm quitting on God, I'm frustrated with God, so I'm pushing him away. I'm going to walk a different direction. I'm going to do a different thing. You know, I could, I'm just going to, because, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take control, because obviously he is not doing his job. Obviously things are not going well. So I'm just going to push that aside, and I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to do this my way and that's kind of where Habakkuk could sit right God's doing it for them and we're doing all this and we're having all these problems and this is what's going to happen and I know what God's about to do and and he's done this for them and and in that moment many of us could react by going I quit I'm amazed that you did it for them but I'm frustrated because you haven't done it for me and if we're honest Christians which you're supposed to be in fact, the world needs a group of people who love Jesus, who also understand we're still walking through stuff, who are honest about it, who talk about it, who go, you know what, I had some discouraging moments this week. And, 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 and we tend to kind of go, well, I'm just, I'm just going gonna, gonna to try to do this on my own. And Habakkuk doesn't do that. I love his prayer with orchestra 
It's prayer. He says this. He says, Lord, I've heard what you did for our ancestors. I heard what you did for my friends. I heard what you did for my fathers and my mothers. And I heard what you did for my grandfathers. I heard what you did for the people before me. I heard what you did for the leaders and the patriarchs. I heard what you did back then. And, and, and I don't want to quit. Listen, listen to what he says. He said, do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. And as you bring judgment, as you surely must, remember mercy. And some of us read judgment, and we really think it's a con condemnation word. The judgment is a legal term. It's actually just, it's just a judgment. I made a decision about the discipline that is needed for this nation. I'm going to do this, but in the midst of it, remember your mercy, God. Remember how much you love us. Remember how much you care for us. And God actually is not worried that he's going to forget how much he loves his people. He, he understands that. He says, I remember my mercy, but listen to what he says. He says, do among us what you did among them. Now, I want to break this phrase down. I want to just break this down just for a second. And then, and then we're going we're gonna to sing, because we need an orchestra. And some of us today, it, it, it's not this that's going to break you through. It's, it's, it's going to be when you make the decision that in the midst of it all, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to worship him. So I want to I break this down. Do among us what you did among them. What I've heard you do. Let me see you do. What I heard you do back then, I want to see you do it now. What sound like rumors to me, I, I, I want to see as reality in my day. What, 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 I, what, I, what I heard about, which I celebrate and I love and I think is amazing, let it be something that is actually happening now. I think we get so distracted by the things the world gives us and the things the world offers us that we are satisfied for now instead of satisfied forever. And we get so distracted in what's going on, so distracted by what's happening, whether it's a circumstance or a great advertisement, whatever it might be, or the busyness of job or the busyness of having kids or the busyness of just managing relationship or you've got finals week happening this week or whatever it might be going on. We get so distracted that we don't pray prayers like this anymore. We pray, God, get me through the week. God, get me through the finals. God, help me to survive this thing. And here's Habakkuk knowing what's about to happen. And his prayer is not that he just makes it through. His prayer is that God be the same big, amazing, powerful God you were then, now. I mean, when was the last time you prayed a prayer like that? God, you know when you raised Jesus from the dead? I want you to do that again. God, you know when you split the Red Sea, I want you to do that again. God, when you use 12 guys who are a little bit kind of scared about things and a little worried about things and were a little bit hopeless when you died, and all of a sudden you turned them into this amazing, powerful group of people, and they went and literally changed the world, and I use the word literally correctly, literally changed the world, telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. I want you to do that again. I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally. I want to see them walk because I know you did it then, and I know you can do it now. Do among us what you did among them. Now, here's the two things I want to mention. Do among us what you did among them. First, do, 
And in fact, other translations would say something like, revive your works, or do what you did then, or help us like you helped them. It, 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 this word do is focused on one thing, the power of God, the bigness of God, the greatness of God. It is not focused on your ability, your skill. Habakkuk is not praying this going, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Bless it. I'm going to make this happen, so make sure you're here. He's going, do among us what you did among them. Sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is interrupting. He's actually intervening. And if you would let him lead you in difficult moments and in good moments, so to the guy that serves you coffee every day, to the coworker who's crying because something just broke down in their world, and if you would just let, instead of it being an interruption, because you've been praying this prayer, do among me and us what you did among them, and if you would see that prayer every day, every day, every day, when you see a moment where you can be the answer, you'll do it. Because you're trusting in the power and strength of God. Because even in your weakness, his strength is made what? Perfect. So, in fact, you should look for places where you're the most scared because it's where God shows up with the most strength. Those places you feel the most uncomfortable are probably the places God feels most comfortable. And if you would just let him lead you and guide you. So do among us. It's not, it's not about you. He doesn't say, God, let me do among these people what, what those great people did among their people. No, he says, God, do among us what you did among them. And then I want to, this last word, and this is a big one. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit already. He says, do among, what does he say? Do among us. 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 You getting it? Do among us. Sometimes we get so focused on doing among me. Do this among my life. Do this among my thing. Do this in my world. Do this at my time. Do this at my job and in my relationship and in my heart. And, in, and, and I'm not saying you can't pray those prayers. I mean, the Lord's prayer has that very clearly. Give us a day of this daily Give us, well, actually, no, it doesn't. What, is it, what does the Lord's prayer say, Scott? Give us, give us, give, give us. That's weird. Here it is again saying corporately things that we all like to pray as individuals do among us see here's the thing we look at what people are doing and what God has done among other people and we allow it to condemn what we're doing we compare ourselves we compare ourselves to what God's doing. and you know what you should be doing I'm just gonna tell you right now you should be championing what God is doing among them because if God can do it among them then he can do it among us I, I, I want to be a church that prays. God, do among us. Do among Tim Woody and City Life Center. Do what Jim Eason and Paradox Church. Do what Broadway Baptist. God, do everything among them. Do amazing things among them. And then go, you know what, God? Do it here. Do it right here in C3 Fort Worth. Hey, do it in that family because I want it in my family. Hey, do it in that marriage because I want it in this marriage. Hey, do it in that person because I want it here. God, do among them what you've done among us. I want you to do again what you've done before. Come on. I want God to do among me what he's done among you. I want God to do among us what he's done among them. Come on, would you stand? We're going to sing. Let's sing it and let's pray it because God wants to do it. Amen. I'll see you do it again. You made a way with